Next, join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith and faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the words. This word has given me life and life more. Shout it out. I am. Hallelujah. Remain standing. If you would go to Psalm 103 and 2. Psalm 103, 2. Anybody need a word this morning? Amen. For the sake of those, this is your first time. Again, we're excited that you're here, and please prepare to receive from, from the Holy Ghost. Psalm 103, 2, when you have it, say, I have it. I don't hear nobody. That's what it says. Bless the Lord. What? And do what? Y'all just read it, but you didn't read it. Bless the Lord, oh my what? Soul, my mind, my will, my thoughts, and my emotion. Why? Because I'm not forgetting about the benefits package I've got with the king. While the nation's trying to figure out health care and public this and option and all that, please understand, I'm not concerned about any of that because in the kingdom we got a benefits package called if I'm sick, watch him heal me. Uh, watch this. Go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Forget not his benefits. Galatians chapter 3. I want you to go down to verse 7. When you have it, say, I have it. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith, say, I'm of faith. I didn't hear you say, I'm of faith. Are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preach the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, in you, all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith, say, that's me, are blessed. But say, I am blessed. With believing Abraham, for as many are under the works of the law, are under the curse. I say, say, if I choose to yoke myself to the law, I'm under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law uh, in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by what? Say, that's talking about me. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us. From the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs upon the tree. Watch verse 14. That the what? Blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Say that's us. In Christ Jesus, that, might, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. How? Through faith. Verse 24. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be what? Justified by faith. But after faith has come, we're no longer under a tutor. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, your neighbor's going to get this after a while. For you are all what? Sons of God through what? Faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is now neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free. Male nor female, for you are all what? 
in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are what? Abraham's seed and what? Heirs according to the promise. Right, let, let me help the non, non-shouting one of y'all. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, it does not matter what family you were born into. When you were born again, that changed. See, I don't care that mama never owned a house and her mama never owned a house and everybody was broke and dusty road in the family. When I step into Christ, I step into a brand new bloodline. And I don't just step into a brand new bloodline. Look at somebody say, he gives me his name. And then it goes another further. Say, he doesn't just give me his name. Tell him, say, he doesn't just give me his name. Tell him, he gives me a covenant. Oh, Holy Ghost, prepare the hearts of your people to hear what you've prepared for them today. We have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We speak to every generational dysfunction and curse. And we command it to go now because we have a new name. We're baptized into Christ. And being in Christ, we are now joint heirs with Christ Jesus and the promise made to Abraham. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. High five two or three people and say live by your covenant. Live by your covenant. You may be seated. Please understand, it is important to understand this, that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Therefore, in order for your faith to be built up, you must be hearing the word of faith. Say the word of faith. Uh, Now, in this, it is interesting to me because the enemy will fight to keep you from a place like harvest because he doesn't want you to get the word. He wants you to be a a, a welfare child. He wants you to be begging and, and all this like you're some orphan, like your God has not already supplied every need. So he wants the church to sit up and talk about what God is getting ready to do, what he might do, what he'd do, and all that. And God is saying, I have finished everything. Everything in me is both yea and amen, which means when you step into me, you're not stepping into me getting ready to do something. You're stepping into something that's already been completed. Watch this now. So he will keep you from trying to get the word. He wants you to beg. He wants you to be an orphan opposed to utilizing your covenant privilege. I need to make an announcement to you. Your, your, your heavenly father is not a deadbeat. He don't owe support. Are you still here? Uh, please understand this. Go to Psalm 138.2. Psalm 138 two. You're going to use your Bible a little bit today. I'm going to teach it, and then we're going to shout real good, and then we're going to go kill some chickens. Psalm 138.2. I need you to get this. Because the enemy wants to do everything he can to keep you away from the word. That's why he'll bring up problems on Sunday, he'll bring up problems on Wednesday, and he'll bring up all this little stuff to keep you from a place where you can get the word. Because, see, he's got no problem with you going to church just as long as you don't actually get anything that challenges you. You're not hearing what I'm saying. And we are in a new day and a new season where God is doing a new sound. God is saying, I am sick of the established system because I got a bunch of welfare kids that look like baby's kids as opposed to the ki- opposed to children of the king. Please understand, I've never seen a king's child broke. I've never seen a teen's cow begging for this and be- Oh, Lord, please. God is saying, that's why you boldly approach the throne of grace, because I've already made the way. All right, watch this. Psalm 132. Ready? Read. I will worship toward your holy temple. And what? Praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. Why? Because you've magnified your what? Word above all your name. See, see you, you know the problem with churches? The church got stuck on the name of Jesus. 
and we never graduated to Christ. This is too deep for y'all. We got stuck on what he did on the cross, but we never got a revelation of what he did after the cross. The greatest victory was not when he was up there. The greatest victory is when he went to hell and took the keys and came back up and said, now I give those same keys and that same authority to you. So now anything that's going on in your life is happening because you want it to. All right, all right, all right. Okay, let's take it another further. Go to 2 Corinthians 11. Let me just go on and offend you then. Jesus, Jesus regularly said, he said, the world will be offended by me. If the word does not offend you and check you, then it ain't the word. When the word comes, it ought to check you. It ought to make you say, "Woo, that had a little stink on it. But it's not God's desire to beat you up. It is his desire to mature you. Please understand, what God is doing in this day is not for CNI saints. It is not from folk that got to see it. He's saying, I need to be able to speak something to your spirit and you be able to hear it and be able to walk like you've already seen it. So now watch what the enemy does. 2 Corinthians 11 and 4. Are you ready? Here's what it says. Uh, 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 what did I tell you go? 11 and 14. Watch this. It says, and no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Now, 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 here's the problem, here's the problem. The word angel there does not mean angel. In Greek, it means pastor. Which means Satan mounts pulpits every Sunday to teach people a welfare gospel. Okay, let me, you didn't hear what I just said. Satan has no problem with church. Because he preaches at most of them. Bishop, how do you know that? Because the gospel is not maturing the body. It's not growing the body. It's sugarcoating and candy making stuff. And you got a bunch of fake phony people that never share what they've been through. And never share what's happened to them. But God is saying, I'm trying to get the word out. You're not hearing me. God is. Watch this. I says, I told you last week, an understanding of the word brings what? Order. I said this to you last week. You can get it, but not get it. You can talk to somebody. And this happens. It's amazing because I asked somebody, okay, A, B, C, D, E, O, G. Okay, got it? And I said, tell it back to me. Okay, now were you saying? I'm saying, well, then obviously you didn't get it when you told me that you had it. What well, well, I this. What well, I this. The, the, the enemy has no problem with you memorizing scriptures. Just as long as you don't plan on manifesting what you memorize. Matter of fact, he'll let you be real spiritual and know a bunch of scriptures and say a bunch of stuff and all this so that you look real cute and everybody and religious to folk, but you don't know. You can't manifest a head. You can't fix a headache. You can't pray yourself out of a wet paper bag. But look at somebody and say, I have a covenant. That's always working. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Proverbs 4, 7. You have to turn there. It says this. Wisdom is the what? Principal thing. Therefore, get it. Wisdom means shortcut. See, the long way is the 40-year journey. The 40-year journey is the rebellious journey. The rebellious journey is the journey that says, let me find out the hard way. But I don't know about you. See, I got this. I I, I always carry it. And I got now it's on my phone. It's the, the navigation system. Uh, because my thing is I, I remember stuff by sight. So if you tell me it's, it's by so-and-so, so-and-so with the pink sign. Okay, got it. 
But now if you say go up to the 800 block and then make a ride on there, and I'm saying I don't understand all that. What is it next to? You know you do it too. What, what, what's this? What, what, what's this? What, what's this? The children of Israel spent 40 years of wasted life because they got it, but they didn't get it. What, what, what's this? What's this? Here's what Proverbs 4, 7 says. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all thy getting, get a what? Understand. See, w- when you understand the word, it can't be stolen from you. See, as long as it's heady, folk can steal it from you. But when that word becomes alive on the inside of you, you can tell me what you got to say all day long. But man, I'm convinced I've come too far and I know that his word is true. And his word is not going to return back to him void. Does somebody say, I understand the word. Now, 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 now watch this. Now, so, so now watch this because we're going to go through it line upon line, precept upon precept or concept upon concept. And you got to be able to get it. Look at somebody say, I'm going to get it today. Go to Psalm 105. Psalm 105. And I want you to go down to verse number 8. We were here last week, but, but I need you to get this. And I don't just need you to be able to memorize it so you can shout. I need this to become alive on the inside of you. Because I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I'm sick and tired of folk that say they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. But they ain't sick and tired of being sick and tired because they don't change. You're a liar if you say you're sick and tired and don't change nothing. Did he just say that? Sure enough. You ought to see me on a regular Sunday. What's this? Psalm 105. Go to verse 8. Now, 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 now watch this. We just learned that there's no longer Jew nor Greek. We are, we are what? Joint heirs. We're the seed of Abraham. Which means this. Anywhere where God now in Scripture is talking to Israel or Abraham, he's talking to us. Are you listening? Oh, now, 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 watch this. Psalm 105, verse 8. He remembers his what? Covenant. I told you last week, a covenant is a legally binding agreement where even if the other party doesn't keep their side, you're still obligated to keep yours. Please understand, if you ever watch in the daytime, you ever watch Judge Judy and these different, all this and that, kind of, folk will walk in there and they'll say, well, I have an agreement. We have a written agreement, which means they had to honor what they said. And then there's a set in some segments of, our, of, of the United States, they take it another further where you don't even have to have it in writing. You can do it verbally, and they call that a verbal agreement, which means it's a legally binding contract because two parties had an understanding That's why you can sign contracts and agreements and not realize what you're signing because you you thought you got it, but you didn't get it. And so you thought you're going to have that car paid off in two years. You didn't realize it was just two years you were going to be behind the interest. And so you're thinking, man, I got a really good deal until you start looking at that last box, that last box with the bold on it. That's the one that taketh away. Verse 8. He remembers his covenant how long? Forever. Are we still in forever? Yes. The word which he commanded for a thousand generations. That just means it's perpetual. Watch this. The covenant which he made with who? Abraham. So that's talking about us. And his oath to who? Isaac. And confirmed it uh, to Jacob for a statue to Israel for what? 
everlasting covenant, saying to you, I give the land of Canaan. That's called the what? Promised land. Now, for you and I today, we're not trying to get a physical piece of land, but promised land means this for us, promised life. Are you listening? Now, now, say the promised life. Now, watch this. He says this, uh, verse 12. When they were few in number, indeed very few, and strangers in it. Watch this. God started talking to them about the blessing when they were broke. God started talking to them about a covenant when they had nothing. It's just like God to let all of your stuff come down here and then start talking to you about a dream. Start talking you to about it. And you're saying, God, why didn't you talk to me about this when I was on the mountain? He said, because you were too comfortable there. So what I did is I let some friends walk out. I let some relationships leave. I let this happen and this happen. And I needed that to happen because the covenant really makes sense to you when you're down here. Why does it make sense to me when I'm down here? Because there's no other option. See, I don't know who I'm talking to, but some of you, if this doesn't work, you're through. If what he told you about healing doesn't work, you're going to check out. God loves backing his people up against walls and saying, what you going to do now? Are you going to believe my covenant that I swore to you? Or are you going to choose to believe what the world's got to say? What's this? Verse 13. When they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another, he permitted no one to do them wrong. Yes, he even rebuked kings for their sakes, saying, don't touch my anointed ones and do my prophet no harm. Go up to verse 12 again. When they were very few in number, indeed very few, and strangers in it. Let me, let me talk to somebody. God will allow stuff. See, the problem is, is we blame everything on the devil, not understanding that it doesn't even work like that. God needed for some folk to lose their houses. Okay. All right, let me go, and I'm out there, so let me take it another further. God needed for some folk to have some cars repoed. You're not, you're not, you're not. But, but Bishop, I thought you were talking about the covenant and the blessing. I am. God says, you will focus on the covenant when there's nothing else for you to focus on. So there was some stuff that wasn't the devil I did that. I made them leave. I made them walk out because you were too comfortable because you were secure in what you had around you. But as soon as that stuff walked out, we had to find out what you built your life upon. You ain't got to say, man. Preach, Bishop. Yes, sir. What's this? Say rehearse the covenant. The problem that the children of Israel had was that they did not teach the covenant to their children. And so now you have in the book of Judges now, and we didn't go there, but if you read the book of Judges, the Bible says, now when there was no king in the land, the people did what was right in their own eyes because they did not rehearse the covenant to their children. The reason, please understand this, it takes 40 years to abort destiny. What's this? It takes 40 years. 40 years represents a cycle. It represents a cycle of generation. It takes 40 years to abort. Now watch this. 
the children of Israel, their problem was, and Gideon even said it, he said, where are all the great things that we heard about? The issue we have in our nation is that the church refuses to teach the children the covenant. Instead, we say, when you turn 18, you ain't got to go no more. You're missing this. Say rehearse the covenant. Whatever you rehearse is how you're going to perform. Singers, they rehearse and they come together and they have notes and they do all this and they rehearse. And they rehearse for the purposes of being able to perform well. Are are you listening? Uh, Please understand. uh, The reason the covenant has skipped this generation is because the generation prior didn't teach it. You go back about 80 years, about 40 years, and you'll find that parents taught their children about serving the Lord. And they taught them about the word. And they made them know the scripture. And, but now, no, just, you know, watch TV, man. Mama got to have a life, too. Jody's mama. So. Y'all supposed to be saved. But well, I says I I have I had and have a great mother that she she rehearsed the covenant to me and she made sure that we knew it and and made sure that I understood it and always enforced love say love, uh, the foundation of the covenant is love because uh, God says you can sum up all of the commandments all the law all the prophets He said in this in love uh, God is love somebody say love. Please understand, we would go around in, in my house as I was growing up and we'd take about fifteen minutes every night and have service have benediction and I love you, I love you. 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 And I'm saying, and my mother, she was always talking about love, love, love. And I said, well, you need to hate somebody because all this love, you're just too nice. <laughs> That's a joke, you know. What, what, what's this? What, what's this? Say, rehearse the covenant. Instead of us teaching the covenant to our children, we let the world teach them their covenant. And so now when they get into the real world, they don't know what to do because they don't know the agreement that they already have with God. Uh, Senator uh, Ted Kennedy, he passed away, and we pray and our condolences go to his family. But, but they estimate he left billions for his children in trust. He said, when I go, I'm going to make sure my children are taken care of. But you know where he got that from? From his daddy, because his daddy set it up and left it for them. Say covenant. So covenant has to be taught generationally. Which means now, if you, if, if you don't go after church and teach your kids what you learn in church. No, you teach them. Now, y'all, y'all ain't saying nothing. Uh, children's church is a new creation. We made that about 10 years ago, maybe about 15 years ago. But before that, some of y'all remember, wasn't no such thing as kids' church. You just had to sit in church next to your mama. And if you started moving too much, she'd get right back down here. And that thickness right back here, she'd just start painting on you and just, and say, you better not move and you better not say, don't you embarrass me in front of this preacher. And it wasn't no crying room. You learned how to hush in church. Some of y'all still got bruises from when you used to. What's this? What's this? What's this? Say, rehearse the covenant. 
So that's the first thing. But now, now, now watch this. It is just like God to speak to you about something when your life looks totally contrary to what he's saying. Are you hearing me? Uh, faith is developed in the valleys. Because you listen in the valleys. When you, when you start reading your own press up here, it's a little hard to listen. But when some stuff happens and some bottoms start falling, all of a sudden now, Lord, I'm listening. And he says, good, but why did it take you 40 years to start listening? You could have been there 39 years ago. Look at somebody say, I'm not going to delay my journey anymore. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going Please understand, and you need to understand the purpose of what you've been through. I'm going to connect these dots for you in just a minute. Please understand, a lot of the stuff we go through, God needs us to go through it because it makes us an expert. You, you, you're not hearing what I'm saying. God says, I will let you go through some stuff so that you can become an expert in that. So now you can go back and help other folks come through it because you can say, wait a minute. I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. Matter of fact, I went to four conventions in a row. But then I found out about my covenant. Now go to Genesis 12. Genesis 12. Genesis 12. Y'all all right? I want you to get this. Genesis 12. And, and please understand, just for the sake of those uh, listening, please understand the, the covenant, and I don't want you to misinterpret what I'm saying. It is not just about money, 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 money. The covenant was God's plan. To, it, see, it's a whole new way of life. It's a whole new way of living. It goes from living where you're worried about everything and all that. It, it's a whole new way of doing things. That's covenant. The covenant brings kingdom. Kingdom is what? Heaven's attributes on earth. When you understand, because see, you can get out and say a bunch of stuff all you want. Money cometh, money cometh, money cometh, money cometh. Budget cometh, budget cometh, budget cometh. You spend too mucheth, you spend too mucheth. <laughs> Thus saith God. But now when you understand your covenant, it takes the pressure off of you. And puts it back on him. And he said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Your little stuff ain't worried. I'm not, I, your little stuff is not worrying me at all. Are you getting this? So Genesis 12, verse 1. Now this is where he makes covenant. So he made covenant. Now the Lord, verse 1, said to Abram. This is before his name was changed to Abraham, uh, which meant Abram in covenant with Yah or in covenant with Yahweh or Jehovah, we say in English. It says this, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house. And this is what, please understand, I talk about this so much because the, most of the problems we have are because we're spending our lives trying to unlearn what we learned that wasn't right. And by the time we unlearn that, it's too late to learn something new. We spend most of our lives trying to unlearn the evil that was perpetrated against us. And God is saying, I need you to just forget about this. Tell somebody say, forget about all that. I need you to forget about all that. And that's why he told Abram, get away from your jacked up bloodline because they crazy. She crazy, her mama crazy, her mama crazy, and you can see them all, line them up. They're all clinical. Some of you laughing because you know it. If you're sitting right next to them, look straight ahead so they don't know. But you push them. When I do the altar call, you push them. Say, you need to get this. Watch this. Watch this. He says, get away from the dysfunction of your father's house. 
This was the command God gave me. He said, get away from it because it's what's messing you up. Because every time I try to tell you something new, you go and revisit something you saw your family do. Get out of your country from your family, from your father's house. I teach you this all the time. But his father, terror, which meant wild animal, loiter, goat. He was dead. But God says, go to what? A land I'm going to what? Show you. In other words, God says, I'm going to talk to you in a valley. And I'm going to start showing you stuff that's going to make you think you're crazy. Because nothing around you looks like what I'm telling you. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Verse 2. I will do what? Make you a great nation. I will bless you. Bless you means what? Empower you to prosper, to do well, to be made whole. Watch this. And make your what? Name great. Watch this. And you shall be a. So he says, I bless you to be a blessing. Which means now, if when I test you and give you something and you fail the test of being a blessing to someone else, I'm going to have to hold back a little bit. What's this? I'll bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you. Say me. Say me. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed uh, as the Lord had spoken to him. But the problem was is he took Lot with him. Look how old he was when God talked to him. 75 years old. Now, it was several years later, over two decades later, before the promise God had spoken to him actually took place. Watch this, watch this. There's something God has told you years ago that you need to go and revisit. There was a dream, there was a vision, and what happened was life started making you think you weren't going to be able to do it. And God is saying, I'm trying to show you. Remember, land for us means what? Life. He says, go to a life I'm going to show you. Are are you here? I said, are you here? Watch this. Now, here's what you need to get. God says to Abram, I will. No, you're missing it. It is not what you will. It is what he wills. He says to Abram, I will bless you. Not you're going to have to work hard and do this and do this and do this and try to show off for folk and try to kiss tail and all that. He said, no. He said, I will bless you. Which means even if the whole world be against you, if God be for me, who can be against me? Because he said, I will. Because somebody said he will. Why does he do this? Why does this? He says, Abram, I want to talk to you about covenant when you don't have much. Watch this. Say covenant. The covenant is the great equalizer. Because, see, it doesn't matter your past or your background. Because what did I already tell you? If you're in Christ, you're brand new. Look at somebody say, you're new. Watch this. Go to 2 Corinthians 8. 2 Corinthians 8. See, the enemy doesn't want you seeing this. He doesn't want you realizing this. He doesn't want you to know this for yourself because he's content with you begging God and singing about won't he make a way and how you're going up the rough side of the mountain when you're supposed to be speaking to the mountain and all this. 
That's what he wants you to do. So so that, you know, because cause I don't know about you, but when I was coming up, you know, they, it was, well, you know, you just got to live. It's going to be miserable down here, but one day in the sweet by and by on the other side of the River Jordan, everything's going to be all right. And I'm here to tell you that's a lie because if you can't master it, see, you, you can go to heaven broke if you want to. I yield to your position. If you want to die and go, to, you can go to heaven jacked up, but you don't have to. You can have a dysfunctional family and die and go be in glory, but you don't have to. Why would he save you from hell to make you live in hell? Somebody say my covenant. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Here's what it says. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was what? Rich. So I want us to get a good concept. I'm not just talking about money, money, money. Get that out of your mind. I'm talking about wholeness. Because you can have $5 in the bank and be more whole with somebody than $50 million in the bank. And they worried about who's stealing from them and who's doing this and who's doing this. And you're excited because you know ain't nobody stealing from me. I got peace that surpasses all. I'm not worried about my fact. Take my wallet. What you going to do? <laughs> What's this? That though he was rich, he was complete, he was whole, he had everything. Yet for who? Who's your? Me. So let's change it. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for, say it, me, he became poor. That who? I, through his poverty, might be rich. Here's what Jesus did on Calvary. He said, everything they'd ever do, I'll take it. And I'll take the punishment for it. So now it's no longer whether or not that the handwriting of, of requirements are standing against them. He says, I've taken punishment for that. Now you can put yourself up on the cross if you want to in what you call a, a, a humility, which is really false humility, which is really pride. Because what you're really trying to say is, God, I really don't believe what you did on Calvary is good enough for me. So let me walk around with my head down, depressed, and all that. Oh, I failed God. Oh, I shut your mouth, pick up your shoes, pick up, dust yourself off, and get back up and continue on your journey. Let the redeemed of the Lord. But you didn't do this right. So you didn't go to college. So you didn't do this. So what? I've got a covenant. And my covenant supersedes your worldly mess. Jesus. Watch this. It's the great equalizer. Because God says they may have had, because they got their PhD and the this, and, the, and that's great. Education is important. I got it all too. But please understand, they may have this and that and the other and all this. And, but God says, please understand, uh, if your faith and your hope is in that, you're going to be defeated. There's folks with PhDs now that are making seven fifteen an hour. God said, because I needed you to understand it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. And God says, it's by my covenant. So somebody may say to you, well, well you don't have the experience necessary. That's what they said about President Obama. Well, he's not experienced. Number one, I don't know anybody that's experienced in the presidency. If you've already done it, you can't do it again. But I'm not talking politics, so don't go there. What I'm saying is, is this. You may not have experience, but you sure enough have been prepared. You're not hearing what I'm saying. God said, I took you through some stuff so you could be an expert, so I could prepare you. So when you stand up and declare the covenant, you're not just declaring it by some 
you heard, you're declaring it by something I live. You can say I was broke, but the covenant. You can say my family was jacked up, but the covenant. Are you still here? Now watch this. Watch watch this. Uh, Your job, and I want you to write it down because I'm low on time. Luke 17, 20 and 21. Your job is to manifest the kingdom. Jesus said the kingdom's not here, there, over there. You're not going to be able to look and say that's the kingdom. He says the kingdom is what? In you. Which means now you've got to be able to walk into an environment and manifest kingdom. Kingdom is what? Heaven's attributes. I keep repeating these same things because I need us to get it. I know you got it, but I need you to get it. Are you listening? Lay your hands on yourself. Say, self, your job is to manifest kingdom everywhere you go. This is why you can walk in a room and people not know you and have a problem with you. Because, see, you showed up with a badge on that said kingdom. And the book says darkness don't like the light. So you got to talk about me all you want, baby, because I'm going to represent and manifest kingdom everywhere I go. I'm not. See, the greatest deliverance you can get is from folk. I really am not studying folk. Watch this. Watch this. Say, the kingdom is in me. Now, here's the deal. I need you to stay with me. It's in you because of the covenant. Bible said, a carnal man, a sinner, they can't even understand kingdom. This is totally foreign to them. That sounds like a cult. How about that? No, you can't even get it. Because unless you're spiritual, the Bible says, you're not even going to be able to catch the concept. But now watch this. Say, it's in me because of the covenant. Now watch this. What God is doing in your life now is forming Christ that's in you. Stay, 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 Stay with me. In you is kingdom because of covenant. Are you still here? Now, now say Christ is his word. The covenant is his word. John says in the beginning was the word and the word. So the covenant's been here the whole time. Christ is the covenant wrapped in flesh. And that lives on the inside of you. That's why even when you're down here, something in you keeps saying, I know there's got to be more than this. I know there's got to be more to life than this. I know, I, there's something in me that's crying out. There's got to be something greater because the word is being formed in you. I says, go, go to Galatians 4. Galatians 4. Y'all all right? I, I need us to get this today because I, I got to turn the corner on next week. So I need us to get this. Galatians 4, 19. So I have the kingdom in me because of the covenant. The covenant now is the word. Jesus, the Christ, is the word which is being formed in me. That's why you can hear a message like this once and say, that is really, that is wonderful glory to God. I got a covenant. And leave out of here and live the same way you lived before you heard it. But since faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing, The more you hear it, the more it's formed. Galatians 4.19, this is Paul talking. He says, my little children for whom I label in birth, what? Again, until Christ is formed in you. 
In other words, Paul was saying, y'all have to be born again again. He said, you got saved, but you did not get transformed yet. So now I'm laboring. Say he's laboring. God says, I'm laboring in you to try to bring the covenant up out of you. People are going to serve your God when they see the fruit of your life. They don't want to hear your rhetoric. They want to see your fruit. They don't care that you say you're the head and not the tail, yet you look like the most stinky tail in the house. They want to see you being the head. And when you start manifesting fruit, so God says, I'm forming the covenant in you. So, so, so in other words, I'm not concerned that I'm not all the way here yet because I'm travailing and all the hell I'm going through is forming the covenant in me. You're not hearing what I'm saying. The pregnant women that came up here, they'll tell you, please understand, it looks wonderful and all that, but please understand when they're sitting on that labor table travailing in birth, it ain't all, you know, glory to God. Woo, thank you, Jesus. You're going to see some manifestations. Labor requires pain, but if you don't go through the pain, you will never give birth. And if you don't give birth, you'll die jacked up. Look at somebody say, I enjoy my pain. Tell them, tell them. I, I, I enjoy it. You know why? Because if I'm going through some pain, that means the covenant's being formed in me, which means any minute now he's getting ready to step out of heaven and step into my situation and say, manifest. Ah. Revelation eleven fifteen. I got to move. I told you this. He says this. The, the, the kingdoms of this world are becoming the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. And we understand of his Christ. Christ now referring to the anointed one, his anointing, and his anointed. I told you the last couple of weeks there are seven kingdoms. How many are there? That we've got to take over in our city and make his. Arts and entertainment, business, education, family government media and spirituality i said this to you last week somebody say how do we do that because that sounds real spiritual and folk will shout and that's the problem with the church we'll shout and all this and have no practical instructions on how to do it and so you'll go home Woo, church was good well how are you going to do that just trusting in god i'm just going to turn it over to jesus won't it work it out that is played out and, that, and it has no fruit and it ain't working Are you listening? Watch this. Say, how do we do that? I'm a, very good you asked me. By faith. Glory be to God. You do it by faith. Amen. Church is over. Amen. <laughs> Most will stop right there. Well, by faith. Hey, 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 by faith. Faith in what? Faith in the word. Somebody say faith in the word. Well, that, that sounds good, too. Hey, man, ooh, you just got to trust in his word. Okay, read, read in Numbers 12 where he, where in all of, where he gave her leprosy. And then go to 18 and 19 and where he opened the earth and all that. Read that. Stand on that. Listen, somebody say, that's crazy. The word is his covenant. So now we take over, watch this, by faith. Faith in the word. The word is the covenant. 
which I said this to you last week. We do not live by feelings or the opinions of people, but by the covenant. And I told you this last week. That's what it means to stand on the word. I got to find out what my covenant says, and then I just rest in that. Are you listening? Now, watch this. I said this uh, uh, to you on last week. I just want to review real quick, and I'm almost through. There are seven major covenants of the Bible. Edenic of Eden, Adamic with Adam, Noadic with Noah. Abrahamic, that's ours, Mosaic, which is Torah, uh, Talmud and Mishnah, uh, Davidic, and the Renewed Covenant. We partake in the Renewed Covenant, which gives us direct access to the Abrahamic Covenant without being a Jew nor keeping their law. Look at somebody and say, you can't beat that deal. What other place can you not have to do anything the other people had to do but get the same results and access that they got? And that's why people will try to put Torah and the 613 mitzvah and Talmud and Mishnah and Alcala. They'll try to put all that stuff on your neck and say, well, you're not really a Christian if you go to church on Sunday. Oh, do I need to deal with that? Because y'all ain't saying nothing. Huh? What's this? Until Christ, Jews had an arrogance because they were the only people to have a covenant with Yahweh. Matter of fact, if you look in Genesis 11, is the descendants of Shem, Semitic people, Abram being one of those people. But, but look at somebody and say, now we have covenant. And that makes them a bit jealous. Could you imagine being, I, I watched a movie uh, recently called Orphan. And, uh, and I, I watch movies too, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> And, and the movie's basically about how this, well, I don't want to tell the story. Y'all ain't seen it, so I'll tell you something. Basically, what happens, this between me and you. Basically, what happens is this woman, she, she, she goes and, and she, she's really a grown woman. She looks like a little baby. She's got dwarfism and some other things. And so what happens is, is she goes in and she gets in these families and she, she tries to get rid of the other kids because she wants to be the favored child. She wants to be the one that's getting favor, the one that's getting recognition from the parents. Are you listening? Okay, and, what, and this between me and you. And what she does, don't tell him. And what she does is, what she does is, is that when she realizes she can't have her way, she burns up the previous family she was with. She kills them. Great movie. Now, let me talk back to y'all. Now, what happens is, is this. <laughs> I just made them some money. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. The Pharisees, separatists, and the Sadducees, the self-righteous, here's what they said. They said, well, you've got to keep Torah to be able to partake in the Abrahamic covenant. And so they'll tell you, oh, you go to church on Sunday, you pagans, you're supposed to go on Saturday. You know why they say that? Because they don't realize that Sabbath being one day was a curse. God said, I'm going to limit you to one day because I can't trust you the other days. You ought to read your Bible. It's called the book of Hebrews. Read the thing. It's, it's really intriguing, this Bible. It really is. Are you listening? They'll say this. You Christians, you can't partake in this covenant because you eat lobster and bacon. And I said, you don't know who you're talking to because I eat bacon-wrapped lobster. I'm, I'm going to deal with this. Because, see, when, you, when you're out there, you're going to encounter this spirit that's a religious spirit that tries to tell you you can't partake in the covenant. And they'll tell you, well, you regular Christians and all that. And all, and, and so, so let's set that straight. I'm going to deal with that here in September. We're going to do a whole series on it. And we're going to find out what the Bible says as opposed to what some modern-day slave master gets up and says on a pulpit to enslave a people that have itching ears. Watch this. Oh, I know it will, son. Colossians 2, 
Go to Colossians 2. Let's bust this devil up. Then I'm going to tell you what you got, and then we're going to eat. Y'all all right? Super Sunday. I'm a little bit more laid back today. Amen. For those of you that are wondering uh, why I have boots on, it's because it's Super Sunday. Please don't send me an email about it. We got a new system for emails. Got an autoresponder on there. Sister Brown deal with you. She'll take you back. She'll have a march on you. (laughs) No, she's going to make it happen. I'm serious. (laughs) Colossians 2, verse 13. Say, my covenant cannot be taken by religious form and fashion. Are you learning something in church today? That's the idea. Colossians 2, verse 13. You ready? And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. That refers to being a non-Jew because Jews were uh, uh, understood because they were the first to receive circumcision on the male foreskin. Watch this. Has made us alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses. I was saying again to him. God says, everything you would ever have done, you might do today, and you're thinking about doing tomorrow. Forgive it. Somebody say, that's my covenant. See, th- this is why you can't talk me out of it, because it's too good of a deal. Watch this, verse 14. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. When Jesus stood and, and went on Calvary, he, in his flesh, represented all of the law you and I would never be able to keep. And what did they do to it? Crucified it. Killed it. What's this? Verse 15. Having disarmed what? Principalities and powers. Those are mindsets. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So let who? No, y'all ain't here. So let who? Do what? In what? Hold on, no, no, no. Just let's stop right there so you get it. I want you to get it. Well, you, you, you eat pig and lobster. You want to come over? <laughs> or regarding a what? Festival. Those are feast days. You don't keep the Day of Atonement. I, you know, I can to honor Christ's sacrifice in atonement. But please understand, I don't have to because he is permanent atonement. Or what? A new moon or what? Sabbath. See, the problem religious folk have is they think God somehow is limited to one day, not realizing Hebrews 4 said it was a curse to them because they were disobedient. So he said, you'll never enter my rest. But since I'm in Christ, I have every day as a Sabbath day, which means every day of my life I'm walking in rest. You didn't hear what I just said. It doesn't have to be Sunday. It don't have to be Wednesday. It doesn't have to be Saturday. Every day of my life, I'm walking in his rest. What am I resting about? Because I have a covenant. Are you listening? Watch this. Let no one cheat you of your reward. Verse 17, I skipped it, which is a shadow of the things to come, but the substance is Christ. He's saying all that stuff was just to point to Christ. 
That's his whole purpose. And once it's pointed to Christ, it's no longer, uh, no longer necessary. Verse 18, let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility. Watch this. And the worship of angels. Let me fix something else up right here, too. Uh, uh, let, me, let, let, me just, let me just say it. Can I just say it? Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, only Christ is to be worshipped. Watch this. Michael and Gabriel serve you. You don't serve them. And Mary was a wonderful woman, but she's dead and, and she's not a virgin no more because she had kids after Jesus. That's what your Bible says. Are you still here? I said, are you still here? Watch this. He said, intruding into those things which he has not seen vainly puffed up from his fleshy mind. Watch this. Uh, go down now, skip to verse 22, which all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandments of the doctrines of men. These things indeed have the appearance of wisdom and self-imposed religion. You create all of these rules and these boundaries. And he said, I never made that. You did that. False humility and neglect of the body, but of no value against the indulgence of the You can make a vow of poverty all you want. Enjoy it. You can make a vow of chastity all you want. Good luck. That's self-imposed religion. He didn't make that. Say, so that's not part of the covenant. No, 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 no. Watch this. Now watch this. Say my covenant. Here it is. Y'all give me five minutes. I got to get this to you. Uh, the, the role of the Gentiles, non-Jewish by ethnicity believers, was to provoke the Jews to jealousy. Your Bible teaches you that in Romans 9, Romans 11. Watch this. And I need you to hear me. I'm not being anti-Semitic. I'm just being pro-truth. Are you getting this? What, watch this. He says this. He says this. Leviticus 26 and 9. We were there last week. You don't have to turn there. For I will have respect unto you and make you fruitful and multiply you and establish my covenant with you. God's covenant with you is I need you to be fruitful and to multiply, which means everything you do, I need it to be excellent because it represents me. So if you work in customer service for somebody on the phone, God says you better be the most excellent customer service we can't misrepresent on the floor. Him. Why? Because you are representing my covenant. We're gonna do, we're gonna, say, say your name. Say God wants me to be fruitful and blessed. I cast out every idea contrary to that. Are you still here? Watch this. Watch this. Deuteronomy 8.18. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to just tell you what it says. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth you the power to get wealth. That he may what? Establishes what? Covenant which he swore unto thy fathers as it is this day. God says, I give you the power, the ability, the creativity to go and create wealth. Wealth is different than riches because wealth is generational. If your vision can be accomplished during your lifetime, it is not from God. He's going to give you something that is going to far outlive you, and you're going to be wanting. That's what makes it seem so crazy because you're saying, God, how am I going to do all this before I die? And that's the whole idea. You're not supposed to. You're supposed to get it started so that you can pass it on. Solomon's biggest issue, of, when he wrote Ecclesiastes, Solomon was mad. He was mad at everybody because he said, I'm getting ready to die. And he said, my crazy kids, he said, I don't want to give them nothing because they're going to mess it up. 
So that's where he starts saying it's vanity, it's vanity, it's vanity. He said, because I'm going to give it to them, and they are crazy. They didn't learn nothing I taught them. God says, I give you the power to set up future generations. Which means if your kids know poverty, you failed. Which means if your kids fight at the family reunion the same way y'all did, you failed. Y'all ain't, I mean, y'all ain't saying nothing. That's all right. Lay your hands on yourself. Say your name. Say, God has given me the power to get wealth for my generation and everlasting afterwards. I cast down every thought contrary to that. See, that's for everybody that says it's too late. I've, I've wasted enough time. God says it is never too late. I get the last word. I've made a covenant with you. And what do we read in Psalms? I'll never forget it. Last place, Ephesians 2. Flip there. Ephesians 2. And we're through. You, you getting it? I mean, are you getting it? Don't you let anybody talk you out of this covenant. It's the father's good pleasure to bless his kids. Do you understand that? And so you think that, well, I've messed up so much, he can't. No, 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 no. That doesn't matter. Repent, get that under the blood, and move forward. The enemy, see, whatever he cannot stop, he tries to accelerate. Watch this. Watch this. Ephesians 2, you there? Say, so this is my covenant. Now, go down, go verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he has loved us. Say, so the first thing is rich mercy. See, mercy works like this. You deserve to be messed up. You deserve to go to hell. You deserve to be jacked up because of Adam. But God says, my covenant with you is I'm rich in mercy. So even what you do deserve, I'll take that for you. Are you listening to this? Are you getting this? Go to verse 6. And has raised us up together and made us sit where? In where? Heavenly places in what? Now, let's understand this. Now, we, we cannot uh, properly quantify the location uh, of heaven. But in understanding it, this realm is regarded as the first, the second is regarded as the air, the third is regarded as where God dwells. So it's somewhere above us. Would you agree with that? Now, watch this. Here's what that means. Here's what that means. God says, I sit you above the stuff you go through. No, you, you, you missed it. God says, so you could be right in the middle of a storm, but your spirit be caught up with me. Which means you got so much going on around you, you have an out-of-the-body experience that says, even though all this is going on around me, I just feel good somehow. I just feel peace somehow. I, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I know that I know that I know that I know that I know it's going to work out because I've got a covenant and I'm seated above what I'm going through. 
So the doctor can say, you're going to die tomorrow. And you can say, you know, that is really interesting. That's really great. But I'm seated above that. They can walk in and say, I don't love you no more. You can say, that is really unfortunate. But I'm seated above that. They can say, you're not qualified enough. You can tell them that's your loss because I'm seated above that. If you only knew that the reason God sent me here is because you needed a blessing. He sent me to bless you. You the fool that kicked your blessing out. I got to finish. Verse 7. That in the ages to come, he might show his exceeding riches of his what? Grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So God says, say, this is my covenant. Rich grace. Grace is synonymous with anointing, which is synonymous with favor, which means God says, if you're my child, how many folk you, you know, okay, all right. Some of y'all ain't sure, okay. We'll fix that up after church. God says, my deal with you is I'm going to give you rich favor. Which means they may not have a sale going on right now. But when you walk in the store, I don't know why. I just feel something that just. I was talking to a pastor the other day, and he said, he said he went into a store, and a lady called him, and, and, and called him in the store and said, why do you always come by and look? He was window shopping. You missed it. He, he was looking at what he wanted, but he never went in to apprehend it. He's window shopping, and she, and she, says, she says, come on in. She says, uh, well, she said, well, what, you know, you like the stuff? She said, oh, he said, yes, I, I love the stuff in here. She said, well, I'm on the phone with my boss right now, and he said, pick out whatever you want, and it's yours. Look at all the haters. It's written all over your face. Watch this. God says, when you're in covenant, you'll create a sale. When you're in covenant, you should get declined for the house. But when you show up in the room, something happened. Your score jumped up. Some we don't know how this happened. Shout favor. Well, we're not hiring right now. But I understand all that. But you're going to hire me. Because I have covenant. I says, say covenant. Verse 14, for he himself is our what? Peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. He's talking about the veil. God says part of your covenant is peace, which, which does not mean what you go through is going to be peaceful, but you'll have peace about what you're going through. Why? Because remember where you're seated. Uh, do, do you think that the astronauts that are in the space station that are looking down at the hurricanes and the tropical storms, you think they're worried about that? No. Why? Because they're seated above it. Are you getting this? Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Go to, uh, go to verse 15. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so to, as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. God says, I no longer have requirements that are contrary to you or against you. I'm for you. I need you to get that. God says, I am for you. In other words, God says, when you're trying to do something and nobody else is in your corner cheering you on, God says, I'm in the back saying, go, do it. You can do it. Make it happen. Get out there. You better play that game. He's saying, stop trying to look for the affirmation of folk. He said, why don't you start realizing I've been sitting back here the whole time on your team, on your side, cheering for you, rooting for you. 
And you trying to call uh, 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 Shirley and, 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 and Rita, and, and, and I'm trying to not use names in the church, but <laughs> that's what came out. Aquafina, you keep calling Aquafina and Dasani and Arrowhead and Nestle. You keep calling all of them trying to get their support. Why don't you just shut your mouth and realize I'm in the corner cheering you on the whole time. Last thing that's part of your covenant. Go to chapter 3, verse 15. If you don't shout here, please come down at the end of church to get saved. 315, you ready? For whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus, what? Christ. Verse 15, read it. Now, are you in earth? Are you in Christ? So that means you're the family in earth, which means he says, you have my name. You, 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 you missed it. You, you, you missed it. So you can get it for yourself. Verse 14. Ready? Read. What's this? God says, I'm going to say it again, give you another shot. Part of your covenant is taking my name. Okay, let me just break it down for you. When two people get married, there is an exchange between the groom and the bride. They sign an agreement. The Hebrews would sign something called a ketubah. They sign an agreement that says this. I'm the groom, and it's my job to cover you. That's why he calls the church his bride. Well, I wish I had a church. So God says, when I made this covenant with you, you used to be married to Tyrone. You used to be married to dysfunction. You used to be married to being messed up all your life. But when you stepped into me, there was a marriage that took place. And when you signed that marriage license called the word, when you signed your covenant, what happened is since you're my bride, you no longer go by your last name. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Your problem is you keep thinking your last name is Jenkins. You keep thinking your last name is Jones. God says when you stepped into me, your new name became Christ. And at that name, every knee should bow. Every God says, I've given you my name, which means wherever you go, they think you're me because you're my wife. He said, he said, what took place is you don't go by your last name no more. All that hyphenation, no. He said, don't do all that. He said, because if you want to still be married to your, your dysfunctional name, keep it. But the whole family in heaven and earth has my name. Okay, let me just go and take it home. We're going to ride Tonto home. You ready? In Acts, the sons of Sceva said, Jesus we know, Paul we know, who are you? You're missing it. The demons looked at the sons of Sceva. They said, you're trying to, to use a name that isn't legally yours. 
And that's what it's like when you're praying and you're saying, in Jesus' name, I rebuke and I bind it all. And God's saying, but you don't even, you didn't read the marriage agreement. Because you keep talking about my name as if it's a separate person. Come on, let's all get on the long bus. Come on, come on, come on. He says, you keep looking at my name like I'm a separate person. Didn't you know when two flesh get together and get married, they're now one? So, so everything you're waiting on me to fix, why don't you just use your last name? Everything you're sitting back waiting on me to do, why don't you just use your name? Do you not know two joint signers on the bank account got the access to the money? High five three or four people are saying, he's, I got his name, I got his name, I got his name. I'm through. Everybody stand up. <laughs> he says, you, you have my name. 